You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Diaspora Blues acknowledges this program is produced and presented on the sovereign lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. We acknowledge elders past, present and becoming, as well as the owners of the land you're hearing us from. So, here you are, too foreign for home, too foreign for here, never enough for both. Ijuoma Umebinyo, Diaspora Blues. What makes you smile and adds a spring to your step? What does it mean to belong and how do we build a home away from home? Diaspora Blues is a show that contemplates what is and what could be. Join Busto and Bigwa every Monday at 2.30 on 3CR Community Radio. Produced by Jan. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You're tuned into Diaspora Blues on 3CR Community Radio, 8.55am. It is 8th of February. So we have another big show today. First up, we're going to chat with spoken word artist Apani Schumer. And right after, and I mean right after, we'll hear a gorgeous interview Sirius Meerkat did with non-binary vocalist and poet Janina Nana Ya. Free Palestine Melbourne is holding an online forum exploring the implications of a number of Arab nations normalising relations with Israel while it continues to occupy Palestine and oppress the Palestinian people. The forum will explore the implications for justice for Palestinians, for geopolitics and peace in the region, and for the expanding gulf between autocratic rulers and their people. Speakers include Dr. Khaled Hroub from Northwestern University in Qatar, Dr. Ahmed Jamil Azam from Berzet University, and Palestinian and local author, playwright and activist, Dr. Samah Sabawi. Join us the 10th of February, Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Register at fpmelbourne.org forward slash events that's fpmelbourne.org forward slash events. Free Palestine Melbourne is a 3CR supporter. You're tuned into the Aspora Blues on 3CR Community Radio. On the phone now, we have Thabani Shuma, a Zimbabwean writer and performance poet. His work is influenced by the myriad identity challenges of the diaspora, expatriates and immigrants, while also addressing awareness around addiction, mental health and generational trauma. Welcome to Diaspora Blues, Tabani. Thank you so much for having me. Well, let's start from where everyone starts from, which is the beginning. What was your entry point into spoken word? I suppose I've been I've been writing since I was perhaps in primary school, but I only started performing maybe two, three years ago, twenty eighteen. Um, it was it was something I'd always been aware of as a as a way to tell stories, but something that I'd never tried for myself. And I I almost fell into it accidentally, just went to a gig at Afro Hub. They gave me a feature and the rest, as they say, is history. Mm. 
Uh, I was having a read of an interview that you did with Melbourne Spoken Word. You talked about how you used to write when you were young and you won a lot of awards as you've won awards now. Can you tell us more about that? Um, I I was writing more short stories in my youth, I guess. Um, poetry for me has always been a kind of medium of self-exploration and kind of leaning more into the emotional and kind of distilling all my experiences. It's it's my version of journaling. Mm. Um, so when I kind of transitioned into performing that poetry, it became interesting because now I was taking something that was so personal and switching that into a a public thing and kind of, you know, getting awarded for it. It's, it's weird to kind of be awarded for like your most vulnerable truth, if that makes sense. Mm, absolutely. And your poetry, a lot of it does touch on vulnerable topics. So in two of your poems that I'm thinking about, which is Put It In Writing and Dear Addiction, they touch on some heavy but also meaningful subjects. Why did you choose the medium of spoken word? And do you sometimes, not so much regret, but are you weary about all the stuff that you put out and how people potentially might respond to you? Oh, that's something I've been thinking a lot about. Um, Like I'm not, I'm fond of spoken word because of the freedom it allows as an artistic form. Like there's so much you can do with it and it's, it's it's an effective way to connect with audiences. Like it's storytelling is something that's you know so so primal to us and so deep, like rooted in our core. Um, but I've been thinking a lot about kind of the relationship between the artist and the audience, and you know within spoken word and poetry communities, there is that like high level of vulnerability, um, which can be very confronting to see. And I feel like every artist kind of has that responsibility, a kind of a duty of care towards their audience to show something that's authentic, but, you know, not cross that line where it can become triggering or harmful. Mm. Like, you got to know, it's it's a fine line to balance, and it's a very difficult thing to do. And, you know, it's something that I'm still learning how to do with, like, complete (laughs) succinctness and effectiveness um but there needs to be that awareness because you know that's that's the transmutation of spoken word and that's why i love it it's like i take an experience and then i transform that experience into a poem and Mm. you know that changes the meaning transform that poem into an onstage performance and that changes the meaning and then you know someone will see it or hear it and how they receive it changes the meaning again and it's like all these different levels of shifting yeah absolutely like when I listen to spoken word poetry I can't help but see myself in stories and even though they're not my stories there's an appreciation and also sometimes um, the themes are very universal so it's easy for us to kind of see our own journeys in other people's work 
so let's go back um, before I touched on an interview that you did with Melbourne Spoken Word. So in that interview, you talk about how you initially thought Australia would be about beaches and swimsuits and that you had, and I quote, a rude awakening. So let's get into that. What have you learned about Australia that you probably wouldn't be able to get in a tourism magazine? Well, definitely. It's extremely tragic and dark history um, and its treatment of First Nations people. It's like that's something I, that was a revelatory shock to me. And I think it was, it it became a a point of me questioning history in itself because, you know, we're, we're taught history growing up and then to find a pocket of history that has never been spoken about in your entire life. And you're like, oh, so what else? You know, what other narratives are out there that are being framed in an inaccurate way? And kind of, you know, what what details of mm. other nations' dark histories are we not being told? You know, what who's who's writing the stories of history? And, you know, why? Why are they the way they are? Yeah. And it reminds me of that. Um, wonderful TED talk by Chimamanda Adichie Ngozi where she talks about the single narrative in, in Australia. If you're from the diaspora and you come to Australia, you have one idea about what Australia is because that's all you see in public or not in public, but in the mainstream culture and public discourse, it's all about beaches and so on. When I read that in that interview that you did, I was like, yo, a lot of us diasporians really have been sold a lie. Like, yeah. we really have. Um, okay, so uh, let's talk about the workshop that you're running this Sunday. Firstly, can anybody join or do you have to be kind of like an established artist? And also, what can we expect from the workshop? Um, it's it's open to anyone. You know, I, I feel like the in its inception, it was more focused towards youth, but like that's that's a loose term. It's like, <laughs> what is youth anyway? <laughs> and in terms of what to expect, it's I, I'm going to be revealing all my secrets. <laughs> and, you know, I, I want it to be a, a conversation. You know, I'm not, I'm not necessarily teaching anything, but I want to engage in a dialogue where we unpack the things that we already know and, you know, take them all those steps further in terms of, you know, performance and writing and the the self, you know, it comes it all comes back to ourselves because even even through performance, you know, it's taking on a role and that's something that we do in the different facets of our life on a day to day basis. So whenever someone tells me like, Oh, I don't know how to perform, it's like you do that. It's like you have your work persona, you have your social persona. It's like these are all performances that you're doing. Um, so we want to, yeah, we want to talk about tapping into your authentic self and translating that into just a different form of performance than, you know, we do on the regular. If there's someone listening in and they're kind of like, okay, this workshop is for me, where can they sign up? Um, through the Footscray Community Arts Centre website, um, I'm sure there's the link is available there. Perfect. And one last thing, if there's someone who is tuned in and thinks that they don't have what it takes to be 
spoken word artist, what advice would you give them? Mm, I think the the advice I stand by is to fail and fail often. I think I think art should be separated from you know being good at art. It's like don't don't do it because you're good at it. Just do it because you enjoy doing it. Do it for the creativity. Do it for the expression. I feel like so many people are stopped from playing with the different art forms because they want to be good at it. And it's like, oh, I, I don't want to do it because I won't be good at it. It's like, do it anyway, even if you're not good. Yeah. <laughs> do it, fail at it, and have fun with it. That is excellent. Thank you so much for your time, Tabani. Thank you for having me. It's been splendid. That was Zimbabwean writer and performance poet Tabani Shuma. If you'd like to sign up to their workshop head over to the FCAC website, that's the Footscray Community Arts Centre. The event is on the 13th of February and tickets are $20. Hello, we're the Community Union Defence League. And we're a community organisation stepping up to support our communities and serve the people in building community power. We currently run two street kitchens in Dandenong and the CBD, where we provide food, clothes and essential items to the homeless. We're open to everyone and entirely community run. So if you're interested in donating, volunteering or just coming down for a chat, please check out our website at cudl.org.au or find us on social media. A 3CR supporter. Welcome to another week of Diaspora Blues on 3CR Community Radio, 855am. I am Sirius Meerkat and I'm very excited to be joining Diaspora Blues as a contributor and guest host. I've been a long-time fan of the show, so I was really honoured to be welcomed by the team. Today we're speaking to the amazing Janina Nanaya. We're talking sound frequencies, healing, and the power of creative expression. I've always wondered, what does healing look like personally and collectively in the diaspora, particularly right now as we go through a global pandemic? We've heard so many stories of people who haven't been able to go back home or be with loved ones. For some of them, it's quite a new reality, but for migrants, it's been a truancy and a pain point for many years. We found ourselves on distant shores for various reasons, and yet, throughout all of this, many of our communities have continued to find ways to cultivate healing. Witnessing Janina's work, I thought, here's someone I can talk to about this. Particularly about the connection between healing and cultural knowledge, the ancestors, creative expression, and the body. Janina Nanaya is a non-binary vocalist and poet that aims to cultivate space which provokes deeper connection to self, source, nature and the outer realms through the frequency of sound. Using spoken word and free fluid flowing melodies as expression to connect to the deities with their ancestors and the waters of abundance that live for us all to drink from. Janina, welcome. Oh, thanks for having me. (laughs) (laughs) So if you can please tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and how you came to be part of the diaspora community. Um, Good question. Um, I am Janine Nanaya. Um, Like you said, I'm non-binary femme. Um, I love nature. I love my ancestors and connecting with them. And that's something that I love to share as well with others. Um, I was born and raised in Auckland in Tamaki Makoto in Aotearoa, New Zealand. Um, 
yeah, and my connection to my ancestors has been something that's really grounded me and kept me stable throughout being, obviously not being on the the Fenua, the land, but yeah. And where are your ancestors from? My ancestors are from Ghana. You're speaking to us from Auckland, you said. What traditional lands are you speaking from? Um, I'm speaking from Tamaki Makoto. Um, I'm out in the northwest, um, so it's Ngāti Whātua land, Ōwhenua. Um, yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> wonderful. Thank you. I'm, I'm um, myself, I'm in um, Wurundjeri land of the Kulin Nations, and I think it's been something that's quite new for me to start giving these acknowledgements and actually taking time to to take a note that, you know, in many ways I am a visitor and I am not on my ancestral lands. And what does that actually mean? And of course, that shapes a lot of our experiences. So Mm. can you please tell us about your practice with the frequency of sound? That sounds so beautiful. you know something sound and music is just something that I've always just been like in love with and that has been super super healing for me um and I think every sound that we make even just with our voices or through movement or whatever it may be gives off a frequency um yeah, so I like to like play on that and explore that as well. And is that with like, so obviously there's the aspect with your own body, yeah. but is that with also like musical instruments? Do you play something? Yeah, I do actually like muck around on keys and um, kind of play guitar, but it's been a while. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, and my voice is probably my main instrument. And how did this come about for you? How did you discover this power of the frequency of sound? I honestly would say, I guess throughout my like spiritual journey, I would say like growing up in church was probably one of the main like ways I learned how powerful music was. And cause I had all these beautiful like artists around me cause I went to a predominantly African church. Um, mm-hmm. And regardless of religion or whatever it may be there was still like a power that was held within everyone singing together um Mm -hmm. and connecting on the same frequency or connecting in the same energy um yeah yeah, and it's beautiful yeah absolutely I completely understand that I grew up in a in a catholic church and then um, pentecostal and just that moment of everyone moving together at the same time either doing the testimony or um, singing the hymns or the dancing it's just like this magnetic feel in the air and (laughs) yeah yeah no I know exactly exactly what you mean it is that it is quite magnetic eh? and how did you find that connection with kind of exploring healing and um, the relationship between the two I think that like if I, yeah, thinking about like connecting frequency to um, or create or creating as well, like if you are giving off a certain frequency, essentially your or vibration or energy or whatever it may be, um, mm-hmm. you're creating as well at the same time. Um, and I don't know, I feel like it's actually just a part of like some sort of like universal law as we live on earth or something like that to do with maybe like yeah manifesting what we want and the connection I guess between sound or you can use anything to manifest what you want and so I think for me it's 
my voice and mm. like communicating as an, as an instrument to do that. Yeah. Mm, that makes a lot of sense. It's almost like this knowledge that we had within us because it's not like someone necessarily tells you sometimes, you know, like directly to say, oh, by the way, yeah. this is how it works. But you find yourself gravitating to certain things or it just makes sense. Yeah, for sure. And what's been your experience creating a safe space or like a healing community? Um, I know I thought you were here in Nam, but you're back in New Zealand. <laughs> um, you had a, um, a performance quite recently. Is that is that coming up or recently? Um, it was actually the other day. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, that was great. It went really well. Just shared some poetry. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it was great. Oh, beautiful. Because, yeah, I was familiar with your work as a poet, but then once I started following you, I started seeing all these other forms of expression that you do. Um, Would you like to tell us a little bit more about your other forms of expression? Um, Something that I'm really into is divination. So just using, like, um, an object to foresee the future or like use that as affirmation that's something as well that I like to like incorporate into performance art which is like another thing that I like to do um well like performing ritual kind of um or ceremony yeah which is really um nice yeah and I think I also incorporate like music and my voice into those aspects as well yeah Mm, yeah, I, I like what you said about um, kind of cultivating that ritual. Um, what? Why do you think ritual is so important as part of your practice? I feel like ritual is how you connect the what's to come or the unseen essentially to the now and where we are. Um, I think ritual can be like a great way to just bring people together as well, just for, uh, I guess, a common cause and being able to like celebrate the stages at which you have all gone through things individually and collectively um, mm-hmm. through that, I guess, relating through performance. And yeah, and I think it also is an activation, like it activates something within you um, as you, yeah, bring, I guess, the elements and use different things of the earth to like conjure whatever energy you're trying to manifest. Yeah. Absolutely. That makes a lot of sense because I feel like when I think about my family and some of the rituals that we've established for ourselves, it's especially, you know, you come to a new country and you have to come up with new rituals. Um, mm. Or like, say for me, you know, my my mother tongue is not so strong for me and I communicate in English a lot. So mm. it's like sometimes I don't have the language for the practices that they used to have way back when. Um, but yeah. now we come onto these new lands and we create new rituals and that's that's that affirming that connection and shared experience that we have um you know even if in some communities we might not have words like trauma or ptsd or you know Mm. depression but i know for a fact that every time i get together with my family we cook we eat (laughs) and the elders tell stories And, you know, that's that's ritual, that's healing, and that's us communicating yeah. and preserving culture. And um, how is it um, there in New Zealand with the diaspora community? Have you um, connected with many people there? Or? There is quite a... I wouldn't say it was big because it's small over here in ours. Um, yeah, I think... 
there's definitely a lot of us floating around, especially within the creative community. Um, mm. And I think we are quite privileged here um, in terms of, uh, I guess, the state of the world right now in terms of like COVID and all of that stuff. Um, yeah, everyone does seem to be still like moving through and trying to work together as best as we can, which I think maybe is something we're not always good at doing, but it seems to be like um, last year really has sparked something within the community, which is really beautiful to see actually. That resilience coming up again. We always have yeah. away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was my conversation with Janina. Thank you so much for tuning in. It's been wonderful having you. If you'd love to know more about Janina or want to catch a performance, you can find them on Instagram at janina.nana.ya or at Nyamadua Affirms. We'll put these in the show notes. Until next time. It's now or never for climate action. So join the National Sustainable Living Festival this February for a program showcasing cutting-edge solutions to the ecological and social challenges of our times. Be part of the change and join the sustainability movement with a month of workshops, talks, demonstrations, artworks, exhibitions, films and live performances. It's time to reset to climate safe. For the full program, go to slf.org.au. The National Sustainable Living Festival is a 3CR supporter. And that is the end of our show. Like I said, it was a huge, huge program. You can listen back to this episode later in the day but you've got to give me time so I can podcast it because that does take time um you could hit us up on our diaspora blues 3cr page which is www.3cr.org.au we're also on instagram at 3cr.diasporablues my name's Ayan and we hope you have a terrific week You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.